Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hello, this is Penny. Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. I wanted to talk a little bit today about what I call a blameless or a pure conscience. And I wrote about that as the first chapter in my book, because I think it's so important that we walk around knowing that our heart is right before God. And years ago, I found this verse, and it really called me up and challenged me, and it was Acts twenty four sixteen. In view of this, I also do my best to maintain always a blameless conscience, both before God and before men. And in some translations, it says, I strive to maintain a conscience. I take pains, I practice, I labor, I endeavor. And when he says, in view of this, he's talking about the fact that life doesn't end at, at death, but we're resurrected, resurrected from the dead and will be resurrected as either righteous or wicked. So the writer's goal is for us not to just get by or to live for today, but rather to do our very best or practice maintaining a blameless conscience. This verse I have on the flyleaf of my Bible, and it's in my heart a lot, and I kind of consider it a life mandate. So when you think about a conscience, what is it? It's the moral compass within a person that approves or condemns his actions or affections. We all know what it's like to feel that pang from your conscience that says, whoa, shouldn't have done that. That didn't feel right. Something's not setting right with me. And God gave us a conscience so that we could discern where we're at in life and what our choices are really amounting to. In the Greek, the word conscience means to see together with. The bottom line is, to maintain a pure conscience, we always have to go back to the correct person to see together with. Who would that be? That's God. And I mean, sometimes we'll talk things out with a lot of different people, some try, trying to make our conscience clear or to comfort ourselves when maybe even we know we've done wrong because we want to feel better. Oh, then you feel like, okay, I'm good now. After this person kind of let me off the hook, I'm good. But ultimately, we're to see together with God about things. We're to process with Him. We're to really get with Him and with His Word, the Bible, and try to find out what is right. What Am, am I doing the right thing or am I not doing the right thing? And when we see together with him, we establish a plumb line, so to speak, for sanity and for what's right and wrong. And in this world we live in, yikes, it's so hard to know what's right, what's wrong, what's good. And moral relativism is the code of the day. I mean, if you don't just go with the flow and adapt and adjust to everybody's ideas or desires of what they want to do then you're labeled all kind of things. But we have to be able to have a plumb line for right and wrong. It can't just be anything goes. So God has given us a conscience, and he wants us to see things together with him.
He really has it figured out, and he honestly knows how to direct us in every scenario. So we always want to go back to that plumb line. Again, like Paul said in Acts 24, I do my best to maintain a blameless conscience. And he says both before God and men, because ultimately what's going on in your conscience is 100% going to play out in your relationships. Like for me, for instance, when something is awry in my heart towards someone, it's a very clear signal to me that my conscience is not right. There's an unsettledness. There's an uneasiness. Um, I don't have the exact psalm in front of me, but there's a psalm that talks about when you haven't confessed or dealt with things in your life that your strength drains away and you feel the heavy hand of the Lord upon you and night and day, you just, you're just not right. But we have to keep going back to that conscience, that pure plumb line that says, wait a minute, are you doing what's right right now? Are you following the heart of God? Because God's heart is always true. It's always looking for the very best thing in every dynamic. In construction, the plumb line tests whether what's being erected is straight up and down. Is it upright? It provides a standard that someone can measure what they've built. And as a Christian, it's the principles and the heart character that God espouses in his word. That's our plumb line. That helps us to discern, oh, wait a minute, you know, I'm not honoring my relationship with so-and-so. I'm not living by the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, goodness. There's no law against this, but I'm missing that. And I'm not here to say that, oh, well, God's waiting just to put the hammer down on you when that happens. But he is waiting to help us, to strengthen us. Great, The word grace means ability. And the Bible is full of um, verses that talk about God's grace being extended toward us. In Peter, he says, he's given us everything we'll ever need for life and godliness. So he's made a way for us to walk with a pure conscience. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to have a muddied or blurred conscience. I want to fight to have a pure conscience, to have it and to hold on to it. God has a perpetual offer. How can we do this? It's so elusive sometimes to stay in a place of a pure conscience. I mean, we have a come into the world with a flawed nature and a propensity to fail in our conscience and our actions. And as we grow, we have trauma and drama and then skewed ideas about life and life's choices. We sometimes not at all of our own doing as a child. We're like, we're surrounded by things that are so painful and so difficult, oftentimes abuse, heartache, you know, separation of, of our parents, all kind of stuff. And our mindsets begin to become askewed and deeply impacted by what we experience. So then how do we get back to where, okay, I can still have a pure conscience. I've been a Christian for 48 years. I'm very much 
wanting always to live every day, what I say, under the smile of God or near to Him. In our conference, we just use the verse from Psalms that says, the nearness of God is my good. I have made the Lord my refuge. That's where I want to live. But I still sin. I get resentful and angry sometimes. Sometimes I allow insecurity or fear to come against me, and I, I take the thought, and I begin to think it and, and dwell on it. Sometimes I eat in an undisciplined manner. I still sin. So is God just trying to frustrate us in the concept of a blameless conscience? He knows our weakened state. He doesn't give us a pass. Rather, he gives us a hand up. He stretches out his arm always. Matthew eleven twenty eight. he says, Come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and he will give you rest. Psalm 23, he says he'll be our shepherd and we won't want. He'll make us lie down in green pastures and he'll restore our soul. And he'll lead us in his path of righteousness for his namesake. Proverbs 3, 5 and says, 6 says he will direct our path when we trust him with all our hearts. Hebrews 10.22 says, We can daily, daily draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. Even though sometimes it seems so unattainable to, have, to live with a pure conscience, he tells us that his mercies are new every morning, We can always go to him with a true heart in faith and have our hearts sprinkled clean, it says, from an evil conscience. So as long as we're pursuing God and we're seeking after his heart and his ways, he will help us. He'll forgive us. He'll empower us. He'll pour his favor and grace over our life. He is the best father ever. And as such, he's made this perpetual offer of a blameless, clean, pure conscience and all that goes with that. One thing I often find is a major stumbling block to that is when a person has allowed themselves to kind of live in a state or adopt a mindset of self-hatred or self-condemnation, and they're unwilling to see his kindness, his loving kindness, the Bible calls it toward us. They're just stuck in this rut of God doesn't like me. He's not pleased with me. I'm not his favorite. I'm on the outs with God. I can't approach him. He doesn't want me. And that is a false mindset. Of course, God is calling us to walk circumspectly and to walk according to the plumb line of his word. Absolutely. It's not just a do whatever you want. God loves you just live your life. No, there's a call to righteousness. There's a call to the plumb line. There's a call to a pure conscience. But we have to understand the paradigm that exists between his tremendous mercy and love and that straight and very clear plumb line. If we stay humble and we're willing to expose the secrets of our heart first to ourselves and be outrageously honest with ourselves and with God, but just kind of keep a perpetual humility in our hearts. That's part of the 
key to maintaining a pure conscience. Don't allow ourselves to justify our sin or our secret sins for that matter, or make excuses for them. Just own them. Be able to have self-appraise, again, that paradigm, that dynamic between honest self-appraisal, but yet living under the smile of God. It is possible to have both. You can understand the grace, mercy, favor, price that he paid for us, but still know how to be honest and self-appraising in the right kind of way about our motives, our relationships, our actions. And sometimes we have to admit it to others. Perhaps we've mishandled or hurt people. We have to be willing to make it right. We have to. Like, to me, I don't want to live a day with unforgiveness or judgment in my heart toward others. I, I can appraise situations. I can say, oh, I'm, I don't think that's right, what's going on there or what they're doing. But I can't have bitter judgments. I have to go out after a pure conscience, a right heart, to be right with men, all people. And so whatever that looks like, sometimes I have to apologize. Sometimes I just have to listen to somebody who's hurt about something I've done, and I have to hear their heart. Whatever it takes, we can't ignore sin and just accept it. Oh, this is just part of the deal. You know, we have to go after a blameless conscience, never give up, fight for it, repent, repent again and again. Never adopt that mindset, God is angry and he's closed off to me, but choose to live under his smile and to be willing to go after sin and after problematic relationships in your life. David was a wonderful model. He was humble, he was desperate, and he pressed in to have a heart after God. Even though he failed a lot, messed up a lot, he really, really struggled in so many ways, and people you know, would be appalled at some of the things he did. They were horrific. But yet he knew how to be real, how to come to terms, and how to plead for God's mercy and to realign himself to say, God, I want to walk according to your heart. I want to have a heart after you. There'll always be a new lesson to learn and a new conscience challenge in our lives. It's part of growing and learning. It's part of love. Romans 8.26 says, In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. When that says the Spirit helps us, that word means he takes hold together with against. In other words, he comes alongside you. He takes hold together with you of whatever you're dealing with and whatever enemies and whatever issues in your personal life. He's holding on with you against those things, against those sins and those negative habits. He's holding on. And so, wow, that's incredible. The Holy Spirit helps us and he intercedes for us. He comes along and takes a hold. So whatever you're dealing with right now, whatever's coming against you and really pressing against your life, know that if you pursue him, if you go in in pure vulnerability and frailty and humility and ask, he will come 
and take hold together with you against whatever it is that's trying to kill, steal, and destroy. Let him do that. I encourage you. I ask you, find a space, find a time, find an opportunity. Get with him. Let him help you. Let him lift you up. Let him bring again that pure conscience to your life, whatever it takes. If you have to go again and and humble yourself to somebody and say, you know what? I I handled that wrong. I'm sorry. I'm being difficult. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not being forgiving. Go after it. I'll just share a little story. Uh, Keith and I had a moment <laughs> a couple days ago, and we were both thinking we were right about this particular thing. And kind of both of us were like, nah, no, no, I, I'm, I'm right on this. And you kind of handled it wrong. So we're a little bit at an impasse. And I just felt the Lord say to me, are you a pursuer of relationships like you say you are? And I'm like, ooh, I, I need to think about that. So I just went where he was and I said, come here, I have to tell you something. And I acted like fairly stern. I said, do you know what you need? He said, what? I said, you need a hug. And I said, no matter how stressed you are, or even if you're a little bit irritable, you're going to get a major hug every day because you need it. And he said, you're right about that. And that took any edge off the stress and really brought peace and love and security to the situation. And, you know, sometimes we think as women, well, the man, you know, he's supposed to be leader and he should be the one that rectifies. But my conscience said otherwise. And my conscience said, grow up and do the right thing. And so when our conscience speaks to us, when the heart of God and the word of God speaks to us, maybe even somebody else is speaking into our life, we need to act on that and allow God to bring, then again, once that happens, then any stress or anxiety over that thing lifts and it's gone because you know you've honored the heart and the word of God. There's a lifestyle of seeing together with him, of a pure conscience, staying close to him and his word, fighting with him against wrong beliefs and attitudes, and that equals maintaining a blameless conscience. Thank you for joining me today for this podcast. I pray you're encouraged. I pray you're encouraged to go after whatever it is in your life right now and really meet with the Lord and allow Him to bring total resolution to that thing. Whether you have to be humble in it, whether you have to make a turn and repent, whatever the case may be, go after it. Love y'all. See you next time. Thanks for listening to The Flourish Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.